0: Welcome back to Buckle Up Queers, the show that pushes the boundaries of comfort and humor. Now your hosts, Grunge Cowboy and Buckle Bear. She woke up feeling refreshed. Wow, that's that
1: Colorado air. I'm like a
0: feral rat right now. I'm not okay. I haven't shaved in five days. Can I tell you about my yeah. weekend? Yeah, I want to hear it. Um, okay. Well, I went to a wedding, my friend Ruby's wedding. Great, it was magnificent. Um, but I just need to talk about how normally on like trips, I'm very organized and I have like an agenda, I know where I'm staying. I know, like, outfit-wise, everything that I had planned completely fell just off the bandwagon. Just the moment I landed, just something came over me, and I was like, let's be little gremlins. Let's be menace to society, um, and let's just have a fucking great time. Don't care. We Dick's out feral. Um... So, the wedding was in San Diego, which was beautiful. It was gorgeous. Had the best time ever. Saw some, like, amazing friends. Spent all day, pretty much Thursday, Friday, Saturday, drinking from, like, the moment the sun got up to the moment the sun went down. And at one point, um, me and a whole bunch of friends showed up at a bar. And I, at, like, 6 o'clock at night, came... The idea in my head just popped up. I'm going to shut this bitch down. I decided all I need is a slice of pizza and mango white claws. And I was a-okay to shut this bar down eight hours later. Think the universe that I had a voice of reason that pulled me out of that bar. Because I was on the brink of not being able to come back to that bar but then is that when
1: i got the voice memo from you
0: no oh (laughs) no so this was on sunday that i think i sent you that voice memo on thursday if you can please insert that voice memo here wait is it recording i said i infiltrated the heterosexuals tonight. For, oh mother,
1: oh! Turns out you fell up the stairs. Yep,
0: well, I'm okay. And you didn't also didn't ask that in your immediate uh, text message, but I survived.
1: I didn't. I didn't ask because typically when people are drunk and they fall, they're okay.
0: Typically, not always. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay so let's let's here's the reason why i sent you that voice memo because that night i had gone and hung out with a whole bunch of straight men some were friends some i had just met that weekend and i was like holy shit the last time i did this was like when i was still in the closet like haven't done this um in a while so i was like this is gonna be great had a great grand old time um there was a lot of farting, um, which I was not prepared for. Um, at one point, someone farted off to the side and then tried to trick another man to walk through his fart cloud. Um, so that kind of took, took me, you know, that was a culture shock for me. Um, so I just, you know, kept drinking and then Ubered home. And that's when I fell up the stairs at the... Uh, travel lodge in um, the town that I was staying at which um, no shade to this travel lodge Um, but their stairs are not comfortable to fall on uh, Monday no Sunday comes around and I meet up with some other friends and I go from like the polar opposite of like hanging out at like a dive bar to hanging with some gay friends and we go to Palm Springs um, Which is about an hour and a half from where I was. And we hang out by the pool. And if you're familiar with Palm Springs, it is daddy land. But this is where the story gets interesting. Um, I don't say, I don't think I have, like, flying anxiety. But I for sure like to know where everything's at. And, like, I like to know where I'm sitting. And the last couple times I've flown has been southwest, which is... I think it's just like a ball of anxiety because you don't know. It's unassigned seats if you're not familiar. Uh, And so I had no idea where I was sitting. So the whole time I was super anxious. So I get to the airport and I check my bag. And then I realize my wallet is in my checked bag. That has my ID.
1: Oh, you fucked
0: up. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) royally fucked up royally fucked up so i go to like the desk person and i was like hey like is my bag still back there am i able to grab something out of it and they're like no it's already on the way to the plane and i was like and also i i think this person was lying to me because i got there like four hours before my flight four hours because i had to be part of a meeting and i wanted to be at the airport for it So I think this person was absolutely lying to me, but I put my passport in my backpack and then it just epiphany as I was at the counter. I was like, wait, I have my passport. I don't need it. Um, And so I just, I got away with it. And then I got home and I couldn't find my keys. So I was out in front of my apartment door with literally my suitcase open, just scrounging through stuff just to get into my apartment. Um couldn't find them. So then I had to go to the office that was closed. So I had to call the 24-hour emergency maintenance to let me into my apartment, only to get in to realize that my keys were in my backpack the whole time. You're a mess. I no, I honestly I need to stop. So, what did you
1: do this weekend? Um, my weekend was really good. Got to go to Diamond's wedding. And it was genuinely the most beautiful wedding I've ever been to. Had a lot of fun. Spent some quality time with myself. Because I booked a hotel that was an hour away from where everyone else was staying. Um, which was okay. But... Definitely gave me some quality time for myself, was watched some movies. Watched the Dolly Parton documentary on uh, Netflix. It is so good. I wanna watch it. You should. Okay. I am obsessed with Dolly Parton already, but then watching this I was just like, fuck, I love her so much and I just can't wait to live in Tennessee and hang out with her all the time. But um yeah, Diamond's Wedding was gorgeous, stunning. I saw pictures um,
0: that you posted and it looked phenomenal
1: yeah it was so good um (laughs) ruby's
0: (laughs) wedding was fantastic too also gorgeous venue beautiful people food was great drinks were better the company was top notch
1: yeah i was really sad that uh ruby was getting married on the same day as diamond because i really wanted to go to ruby's wedding but Ruby and I get along and way more than Diamond and I get along,
0: and so I was not mad that I went to Ruby's.
1: See, and Diamond and I, that's where we're besties. Yeah. I don't really get along with Ruby that much. That's it's okay. the best. It's okay. It's <laughs> but okay. one of my favorite things about this wedding was, um, well, A, I got to see a lot of old friends, got to meet some new friends, um, kind of hang out, but there was absolutely zero fucking children there and that is my favorite thing about any any adult event is when there's not little fucking shitheads running around screaming parents like trying to quiet down their children and like no shade to parents because they're doing their best i get it and like you can't control a child but there's a time and place for a child to be out in public and a wedding is not one of those agreed
0: Absolutely agreed. And I think I've been to a couple different weddings where, because obviously the ceremony, it's nice to have like a ring bearer or flower girl or whatever it is. But the bride and groom did a lot of admin and planning ahead where not in that specific wedding where they're like, Hey, you're just here for the ceremony. And then you're gone. Like get this three-year-old out. Like we want to be ratchet with each other. We want to have fun. Um, But I do agree that, Weddings and children just don't match. They don't go together. It's just, they're like oil and vinegar. They separate. They just cause friction.
1: There's always a lot of drinking at weddings. And so my head always goes to like, who's taking care of these children at 8.30 at night when the drinking starts actually affecting everybody? Mm -hmm. And then at 10 p.m. when the venue shuts down, where do these kids go? Do they Uber home by themselves?
0: But also at weddings, like I am getting like I'm I'm getting down on the dance floor like I'm moving and grooving like the hips are swaying and like I can't be responsible for worrying about where my left ass cheek is swaying and like if it's gonna smack somebody in the head like that is at waist level like that's not my responsibility
1: and waist level for you is like 14 and under yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big boy I'm tall (laughs) Oh, fuck.
0: Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking about this the other day because if anybody who knows me, they know I'm obsessed with Trader Joe's. Like, obsessed. When I was looking to move, I was making a joke, but I was pretty serious about it, of I want to live five minutes away from Trader Joe's just because of how much I love it so much. And this is also a space where children should not be allowed and here's my reason. One, as peaceful and amazing as Trader Joe's can be, there are certain times, specifically on weekends, it is a war zone in there. You go with a list, you have to be, you have to know where to put your cart, you have to know when is appropriate to slide into the shelves and grab things. And if you have freaking little Jimmy just running around, and just like taking things off the shelf and like zigzagging away, it ruins the whole experience. I'm going to hit them with my with my cart.
1: What's even worse is when Jimmy's pushing the fucking cart. Oh, do not let your children push the cart. Never. They have no etiquette with it. They're on the wrong side of the fucking aisle. Yes. They're stopping in the middle of it. They're not letting anybody do anything. Also, they can't see where they're going. That's like asking a child to drive a car. Like, what? What happened to kids wanting to stand on the end of the shopping cart or sit in the basket? Because when I was growing up, that's what we did. We stood on the end and it was so much fun. You were like on a magic carpet ride or you sat in the basket and you got to play with all the groceries until you were done. Exactly.
0: Or also, I remember my mom giving me the option of like, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. Do you want to come with me? If you do you are not leaving the grocery cart. You are are death grip onto that grocery cart and you're not getting anything. Like, I don't want your opinion on what you want for dinner. I don't want your opinion on what you want for snacks because I know what you are and what you're going to eat. Like, you don't, this isn't your space. Now, it's just like, they're just running around. It's like a freaking playground. Like, if you choose to keep sperm as a pet, you need to train that person. (laughs) I'm just saying. Your choice.
1: <laughs> I'm done. Am I going to get canceled <laughs> for that? <laughs> I think so. I've never heard anybody refer to a child as a pet sperm. <laughs> and then my mind instantly went to the sea monkeys that you got when you were in, like, fifth grade yeah. at the fucking school bear. <laughs> And it's just, like, sperm floating around <laughs> in a <the> little tank. <laughs>
0: Pretty much the same thing. <laughs> like, okay, and also, just, I want to preface this. I love children. Like, I do, and I want children someday. I love them. We get along. Just not in these spaces. Like, I think yes, there are certain areas where they just shouldn't go and like trader joe's honestly i'm gonna i'm gonna open it up to like all grocery stores like do people enjoy grocery shopping because i enjoy eating the groceries but i don't necessarily enjoy the activity of grocery shopping so any minor inconvenience and the children there are inconveniences do make it that much harder to get what i need and to get out
1: i'm on a mission absolutely Yesterday, I went to the grocery store because we needed some gro- – We needed. I was making chicken noodle soup, and we needed the stuff to do it. So I go to the grocery store by myself, which is never a good idea because I'm usually grumpy about it to start with. But I left in a normal mood, like feeling good, having, having a day that I was just enjoying. When I got back, I was angry at everything. And I – like it started when I got to the store – it was busy as fuck for no reason. It's a, what, Monday Monday night? Why is it so fucking busy? Second of all, I was walking down an aisle, and I didn't get a cart because when I don't get a cart, I mean business. Run in, grab my stuff, get out. Mm-hmm. I go down an aisle, see there's this lady standing on one side and her kid with the cart on the other side. So what do I do? I turn around and go down a different aisle to get to the other side of this aisle, By the time I get there, they're blocking the entire fucking aisle. And they, like, look at me and they don't move. And I said, excuse me, nothing. Not a single word. The mom's just, like, lollygagging, dazing off onto the shelves, all this, right? So finally I just pushed my way through between them, bumped the cart, she looked at me, whatever. I move on. Get my stuff, get out. I hate grocery shopping in general, but when there's a child anywhere near me in the grocery store, I want to punch them in the face. And my least favorite place to do that is at Costco because I fucking hate Costco in general because people forget that they're humans when they enter Costco. Like you forget everything you've ever learned about human decency. Mm -hmm. The minute you step foot into a Costco, you forget that you drive on the right side of the road. That equates to pushing a cart. Stay on the fucking right. Yeah. They forget that other humans exist. That they think they're the only ones in there. And then you add kids to the mix? Oh, no. Mm-mm. No. mm
0: But also, I feel like you and I have a very different perspective when we are going into spaces. Because I feel like as bigger individuals... I don't know about you, but I'm very aware of, like, my surroundings. But then also very aware of how much space I'm taking up. So, like, I'm planning, like, four or five steps ahead, which is very tiring. And, like, by no means Mm -hmm. am I saying that every single person should do this. But if, like, we... I don't know. I feel like there should be, like, a common ground. Like, if we are doing this, I feel like there should also be common ground. Like, other people should be respecting the space and boundaries as well, too. And the thing is, I've seen children in grocery spaces and it works. And I've seen... It does. So not saying by any means that like it's every single child. I think that there are circumstances where they have to be there, but the parents are doing a great job at wrangling them. I guess it's the best way to explain it. Like, but also this is a space where there is no other option. So I kind of want to hear your opinion on children on planes.
1: Uh, <laughs> so yes. When okay, this goes back to when you just said that we plan our steps, five steps ahead, very spatial aware. Like me as a bigger man, tall, chunky, whatever you want to call it, like all of the above. I make myself as small as possible in public spaces when I'm dealing with the public, so that people can move around me, people can see above me, see whatever. Mm-hmm. On airplanes, this is the hardest thing to do because the seat is so small, you cannot make yourself smaller in it. Yeah. And my knees automatically are going to hit the seat in front of me, no matter what. Mm -hmm. So I have no room to, like, adjust or, like, get out of people's way, whatever. On my most recent flight, which this is, like, I think I've come to terms with it because I fly so much that, like, kids on planes is something that you just deal with. Think. God, for noise-canceling headphones, whoever the fuck invented that that technology, yes. I will kiss you on the lips right now. Come to my house. I'll send you my address. I will kiss you on the lips, cook you dinner, and just, it's life-saving. But kids on airplanes, I've seen it go really well, and I've seen it go really bad. And sometimes it's really hard for me to decide what mood I'm in, because on my most recent flight, there was a dad sitting next to me. I was in the middle seat. Dad was on the left of me there was the aisle and then across was his wife and two kids. And these kids were probably like four, maybe like four and seven. Um, And they were good kids. Like they weren't screaming. They weren't crying. They had their toys. They had their coloring books. It was all good. Then the dad who was sitting next to me was playing with the kid that was across the aisle from him. And it was the cutest thing. Like so sweet. But in this process, the dad kept like bumping me, nudging me, kicking his backpack at my feet. Like, it, it was like definitely invading my space a lot, but the way that he was interacting with his child was very wholesome and made my heart feel really happy. So I was like irritated, but also really happy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like a lot of times you don't see parents interacting with their kids in an engaging way. It's mostly like, how can I get you to shut the fuck up? Mm-hmm. Rather than like, how can I have a good time with you while we're here? Um, so that w- that's where m- where I stand is like, it, I think it, a lot of it depends on where the, what the parents are doing and where they're at and how they're interacting with their child. If they're letting their child just kick my seat and scream while they watch a movie on the plane, absolutely not. You're you're not doing the right thing. Like you need to talk to your child, teach them how to be human. If you're interacting with your kid and having a good time and like keeping your kid entertained on the plane, then absolutely you're doing a great job. High five.
0: This weekend when I flew. I had like two experiences on the way there and on the way back. And I feel like so on the way there I was I got so blessed with my seat. Like I did pay for cuz I flew Southwest so I did pay for like early access to like get the A group. So I got the exit row that doesn't have the seat in front. Of it. And I was like living my living my best life. Um, and so it was like a pretty long flight. I mean, it's not the longest. I think it was like two and a half hours, which is not long, but for a child, just like sitting in the same space, that's like an eternity. And so across from us, like a little bit back was, I'm assuming they were a family, uh, but I didn't see as far as like who came in first, but the kid was in the middle seat and I just like kind of overheard like the moment they sat down, I heard the rules being laid out for this child. I think they were probably like four or five. They were sitting in the middle seat and the mom basically just flat out said, hey, this um, the serving tray, what's it called? You fly all the time. The tray that comes down.
1: Yeah, it's just your like lap tray.
0: Okay. Whatever that is. um, (laughs) I overheard them saying this is attached to somebody's seat so every time you touch it, it moves their seat. I was like, Yes, absolutely. On this same flight, there was somebody, um, maybe like a toddler, like two. And the dad was walking up and down the aisle with this toddler. But it didn't affect anybody. Like when the flight attendants were giving their drinks and snacks, like he would turn the toddler around. And then like each the toddler was not screaming. It was just walking back and forth. It was honestly the best scenario for any kind of plane. But then also on the counter of this, I don't get mad at babies crying on planes because that's just like something completely out of your control. Cause chances are their ears, it's an experience that they've never experienced. So maybe their ears hurt. They're popping for the first time. It's like, if you have a baby on a plane and they're crying, it is a okay. Like if, and if you are the person that gets mad at Mm -hmm. a baby crying on a plane, you're a fucking asshole.
1: You're a piece of shit.
0: Yes. On the counter on the way home, I had the same seat. Glorious. I had a kid who sat behind me. And the whole time, they were moving my seat. Bumping it. Kicking it. To the point where the person sitting next to me also was kind of getting bumped and he like looked at me and I looked at him and we both kind of did our rolling eyes thing. And so I feel like we bonded in that very moment of just our frustration with this little gremlin of a child that was sitting behind us. And then we landed and this child continued to take their Tonker truck or whatever and smash it against the window. And I'm like, one, we're landed. It's whatever. But I had this like contemplation in my head of like, do I just want to let this go? Or do I maybe want to like turn around and tell the child, hey, if you crack that window, you'll be sucked out and sucked out into the sky. But I didn't.
1: You'll die. And you'll kill everyone on this plane.
0: You will die and you will also be a murderer because you will kill 50 people that are on this plane. But I didn't. Um, Two minutes later, the mom was like, who was talking to somebody, just like turned. And said, hey, don't do that. So very different interactions with children on planes. But I think the overall summary is just, like, know your space. Know your surroundings. And then also, like, be apologetic. Because I'm assuming everybody, whether you have or you don't have kids, is going to be gracious in the fact that, like, we understand it's a lot traveling with
1: children. It is. Absolutely. And, like, I, I do want to say, like, I, I also love children. Like, I think they're very joyful. Like, I have two nieces that I just adore so freaking much. And they're in their teenage years, so they don't want as much to do with me as they used to, which is fine. Because they'll come around to their gay uncle when they're in their 20s. I'm going to be their best friend, and I can't wait for that. Um, and I'm also the first person to, like, applaud parents that are doing their best and doing a good job at it. Mm-hmm. And I'm also the first person to like say something to somebody that makes a remark to a parent or about a child that is acting unruly because you can't control children like their kids. They're going to do what they do. Mm-hmm. It's mostly about how you as a parent react to that. Yeah. And there's a difference between like reacting and saying, Hey, you know, let's, let's look at this situation. You talk to the child through it, explain to them what's going on or screaming at them and just saying like hey shut up stop talking like that's you're you're not doing good at parenting at that point because your kid doesn't understand like kids need to understand why you're asking them to be quiet because in their brains they're just having a good time they're being silly they're being goofy mm. um i just nothing boils my blood more than when a parent is doing their best and they're clearly trying and doing a good job at it and some random fucking old grumpy man is like making comments under their breath Um, because chances are that parent is already embarrassed and feels like shit because that kid is absolutely out of control. So to those parents out there that are, are are doing a good job and push through, thank you. Thank you for being a good human and teaching your children the right ways. Um, We stand up for you. We love you. Can I ask a
0: question about like children, but also it's a gay question.
1: Yes. First, can I say this because it's really funny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the other day I was driving with a friend and we drove past the putt-butt golf place and he looks out the window and he goes I like your kids <laughs> and, right that's the, that's the, <laughs> that's the same look I had on my face and I like looked at him and he goes that's not what I meant what I meant was like, <laughs> I really have kids and I want some one day <laughs> and I just like looked at him and I was like hey Here's the thing: is you're never going to be able to say that again because that is the creepiest way to say I want kids. <laughs> One of them, like Anyways. the
0: funniest things that like I have noticed, because I think we're both at the same age where a lot of like our friends are like starting to have babies or like whether we like know them or we just know them through social media. My favorite thing is when somebody like compliments the child, like "Oh, they're so cute, they're so adorable," and then the parent like takes ownership of like "Oh, thank you." Thank you. Like, and I I just don't think that there's any other way to go around it. But when somebody accepts a compliment for their child looking cute, not like the outfit that they're wearing, but just like their facial structure or whatever it is. I kind of, I find it kind of funny because I'm like, did you choose the genetics that this child? got?
1: (laughs) But see, but that's the thing is the heads are so proud of it. It's like, They feel like a superiority or like they feel so proud that they created that, which they should be like, good job, because us as gay men, we can't create that. I mean, we could just be very complicated or uncomfortable, one of the two. And they feel this weird like sense of pride that they made a baby that is accepted by society as a cute little baby, which I'm going to say now, including family members, all babies are so ugly when they're first born. Sorry, they are atrocious they're just so ugly until they start like developing human-like features they're just ugly and i think we think they're cute because they're this big Mm -hmm. they're little
0: yeah once they i mean sorry that was rude once they have the ability to open up their eyes then they start getting cute but that doesn't come for like yeah was that another three months
1: a long time
0: yeah yeah
1: was that rude am i a dick
0: no i think you're honest
1: Because, I mean, we're all thinking it. Also, stop showing me pictures of your fucking kid every 10 minutes. No. Unless I ask for them. Unless I say I want to see your kid. Or, like, I have a few friends that I tell them, please send me pictures of your child all the time. Because Mm -hmm. they're important to me and I'm not in the same state as them. And so I don't get to see them grow up. Yes. So those are the ones I do want to see. But if I'm in a grocery store and you pull out a fucking phone and you start flipping through your family albums. And, like, showing me your kid walking down the street or, like, touching grass. Like, I don't fuck. We all fucking touch grass. I don't care. Yeah. And if you ever, ever refer to your child as anything other than one years old after they turn one, (laughs) I will immediately stop talking to you. Do not tell me your kid is 18 months. Do not tell me your kid is 24 months. Do not. Just say one and a half. Say two years old. I I'm not going to fucking do gay math to figure out how old your child actually is. One of my really good friends has like a a three-year-old, I
0: think. And when people ask how old their kid is, they say like, oh, they're like 42 months. Or just like incomplete, like joking, because they understand how it's like, wait, how am I supposed to like put these equations together? But I totally get it. But also on the counter, one thing that bugs me even more is when people, and this is a total segue, is when people show me pictures of their animals as if they are children. <laughs> that, I'm just gonna cut, I'm just gonna pretty much say it. I don't like being shown anything on anyone's phone. If you don't have the ability to send it to me so I can look at it, view it on my own time, or zoom in or take the time to read it or watch it or listen to it, I don't, don't, I don't, don't show me. I don't care. I don't want to know it. I want to view things on my own. Very much so. But also, I think there maybe is, like, the counter. If I need to show somebody something on my phone, I'm not giving you my phone. There's no way in hell I'm ever giving somebody my phone.
1: Absolutely not.
0: Even if I'm on Aux and they are changing, they want to cue up a song, give me the song. When people are, like, giving their phones at, like, the dinner table and, like, just people are... Oh my god, so many anxiety just, like, immediately rushes through my body, and I'm just, like, constantly, like, staring over at the person of, like, there's no way that they, that phone is G-rated. And if they are, I don't know if I want to be friends with this person because they're fucking boring. If you don't have some spice on your phone, I don't think we can be friends.
1: Maybe that's just, Any kind of spice.
0: Any kind of spice. Maybe that's just a gay thing. Any kind thing, of spice. But, like... Can maybe one of the the hets message into us and just say, y'all got nudes on your phone? Or is this just a gay thing? Because I feel like it's, we need to know. We need to settle this debate.
1: I feel, I feel like it's a gay, like, I feel like it's a gay thing. I feel like the hets, when they, when and if they send a nude to somebody, it's like, take it, send it, delete it. Yeah. Not us. (laughs)
0: It is staying (laughs) staying on there. But even if it's not even our nudes, there are so many times where, like, I'll scroll on Twitter. Or, like, maybe it's not even nude, but it's a little bit more of a risque, like, thirst trap that I'm, like, finding on Instagram that I need to send to somebody. Because for some reason, it's a lot less suspicious if you screenshot an Instagram post or a Twitter post and then you send it in, like, as a text message to whoever you're you're about to shit talk um, with. Than actually sending them the profile because in the back of my mind I'm like they know if I send this profile to somebody like there's got to be some like uh, like wrap around where they can see who's sharing the profile and I don't need that to come up like I don't need them to know mm-hmm. that I'm thirsty for them and I'm sending all their thirst traps to my friends
1: yeah the well and that's the thing that happens in the gay community too is like we share thirst traps we share profile pictures like we're when we're talking about people we want to see images of these people yes in the straight world that's not a thing heads don't do that because i have a friend that sent me a spicy picture of somebody they were talking to and it wasn't like for for the the gaze, it wasn't a spicy picture. It was like a, Oh, that's somebody's Facebook profile picture. But in the het world, it was like, Oh my God, so sexy. And I showed it to you. I sent it to you. And then we talked about it. And then I told this friend that I had sent it to you and that we both agreed that it wasn't, it wasn't it. And she goes, you, you sent it to somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, girl. It's not your nude. I'm not like, yeah. I'm, I I want to talk about this with somebody that's not you and, I, and I'm not going to bring it up to you and have this conversation without you seeing what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. Also, on that note, as far as like, we probably should have talked about this in the Gay Best Friend episode, but do you have any like friends that like send you nudes as like approval of like, hey, is this sexy? Or hey, is this like, should I send this? Or what's your opinion on that?
1: yes but again it's like the het nude so it's like not it's usually like a lingerie outfit or something Mm -hmm. and i'm like that's not like i'm sorry maybe it's because i'm gay but that's just not gonna get my dick hard yeah that's gonna that's that's not gonna domesticate me in any sense of of the form
0: that's not gonna throw me back in the closet
1: (laughs) it's definitely not and if that's what you're trying to do you gotta you gotta work harder
0: (laughs) But I have friends that do it. I have friends, like, straight girlfriends that do it. And then I also have, like, gay friends that do it. But I feel like it's, like, on a completely different dynamic. Like, I feel like the straight girlfriends who are trying to send it are, like, asking for the male opinion. And then, but I'm like, listen, I do... I just don't know what to say to it. I'm like, listen, yeah, I, I think any, any photo that anybody sends, any of my girlfriends that send me, I'm like, you look, you are the best fucking creature on this planet. There's no one sexier than you. You could literally send him a picture of your fucking toe and this man deserves to be on his knees worshiping the ground that you work on. Like you can do no wrong in my book. So I'm not the person to send that to you to give constructive criticism because I don't have... I I got no notes. Like I have nothing to say on that. As opposed to like my gay friends, I'm I'm honest. I'm like, listen, you little Willie,
1: it's not doing it. <coughs> little little Willie. Willy. he just ain't he ain't doing he, it for he, anybody. He ain't well, it. and do you do you feel like that's why our straight girlfriends send us those nudes is because they want. I feel like they need the hype from us before they send it. Like they need the courage yeah. for like the reassurance. That's what they need is like the reassurance of us, like hyping them up because, and I wish that I had more friends that did this. Cause like, I want to be your biggest fan and I want to like support mm-hmm. you in all aspects of your life. But like, also we are going to be brutally honest with our girlfriends and be like, no, that top looks like shit. Like, yeah. And that's the thing is like when I look at a female in a sexy way, it's very different than when a straight man looks at a female in a sexy way mm-hmm. because I'm going to look and say, hey, you look really good in this picture, but your face looks like you're pooping. Or like yeah. I can see a stomach roll if you're down for that or which body positivity, mm-hmm. show those roles. Like mm-hmm. embrace them. Don't try to like make yourself look skinny because then you're catfishing. But like that's the info I'm going to get. Whereas like I feel like when a het man looks at it, they're like, Do they look at it and like think, what position am I going to put it in? Yeah. But also,
0: maybe this is just me. I think
1: we need a straight man on this podcast.
0: I think we do, too. We need, like, I was thinking about this, too, as far as, like, I feel like we need a a resonant twink. We need a resonant muscle gay. We need a resonant straight man. And we need a resonant straight woman. And we need a lesbian. As, like, our correspondent. So, like, we could message them back and forth and, like, hey, what is this? What are you looking for on this? So, maybe we'll open up for some applications pretty soon as, like, being our resident head And our resident head. Do we
1: have any volunteers? The DMs are open. I bet we do. The DMs are open. They are open. Yeah. Hit us up on the Instagram because I am really curious to see who would be down to hop in the podcast with us and give us, like, the head side of things because we're just really funny together and we're both really gay together. Mm-hmm. And so we just like, don't see outside of our little gay box.
0: Yeah. Also kind of circling back around to like what, when a friend sends us a nude, what we're looking at. I was talking to another friend who's gay about this. And I personally think that gay men love boobs and titties, whatever, yitties, whatever you call them breasts way more than a straight man does is that a hot take
1: or is that like I think it's a hot take I don't really like boobs like in any sense like I can appreciate a nice pair of boobs (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I I really don't like I don't enjoy looking at them I don't really want to see them like if a friend needs me to look at them I'll be there like One of my friends got her nipples pierced. They were looking a little weird. She asked me to look at them. I did. I helped her out. I'm glad I could provide that safe space for her. But I don't don't want to see them.
0: I love boobs. Not necessarily like live nude. Like I'm not going to a stripper, like um, a stripping bar. What are they strippers club? Why the fuck can't I think of it?
1: (laughs) A strip club. <laughs> oh my god! I just had a brain injury. Wait, do you, do you guys have any male strip clubs out there? Grinder. <laughs> you no. should come out here. There is one out here. There's a full male. There's a full male, all nude strip club in um, Colorado.
0: Is it for like straight? It's gross. Oh, okay, but this is it's, the thing. I think I would really thrive there because I love men that do- look like they don't take care of themselves. I like a project.
1: <laughs> so I haven't been in many years. Like it's probably been over ten years since I've been. Are they still open? Um, yeah, they're definitely still open. It's it's huge in the gay scene. Like the gays go there, but it's one of those spaces that and this is going to be brought up many times throughout this entire podcast. Um, but it's one of those places that a lot of bachelorette parties happen. Mm. Um, so it's a queer space for sure, but it is watered down by a lot of heterosexual, very drunk women. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say that it's like, it's a dingy place. It's it's like a gay dive bar, but So, like, when you walk in, you smell B.O. instantly. And so it's, like, not – it's not really, like, the project type that I think you like. It's more of, like, the straight men from the streets that drink and party and probably do a lot of drugs that don't really take care of themselves in the sense of, like, showering, putting on deodorant. And I'm sorry, but if you're going to be a fucking stripper, put on some fucking cologne Mm -hmm. and deodorant because I want to, like – I'm a big smell person, and I love when people smell good. Me too. That's my favorite compliment to receive. It's my favorite compliment to give. It's my favorite thing to do because I'm also a huge hugger. Like, I hug everyone I possibly can because it's Mm -hmm. my favorite thing. So when I hug you, if you smell good, it's my favorite thing. If you smell like BO, I probably don't want to hug you as often anymore.
0: Can we – okay, I want to dissect that. I want to keep the bachelorette parties and gay bars, I think that – I feel like you and I could talk a lot about that. So I feel we should save that for another episode, but I want to talk about this phenomenon or this, whatever it is in the gay community about male musk. And also the term musk grosses me out, grosses me out. And for those of you who are not aware of this, there is, I don't necessarily say it's a fetish. It's more just like a desire for a man to smell like a man. So a lot of the times if you go to certain gay bars, it does smell like a gym locker room because men are purposely going to work out and not putting on deodorant and then going to the bar because certain men find it attractive. I don't know if it's maybe the pheromones or whatever it is, I'm a huge smell person too. And that is just one of the things I cannot get on board with. No shaming to those. Like you can't help what you like, you know, you can't, what you're attracted to, you can't help it. But that is just like one of the things that I, for one, need a man who is consistently putting on deodorant. And it's like a non-negotiable for me. Like, I put on deodorant. I apply probably like three times a day, like in the morning when I get home. And then honestly at night, just because I love the smell of my deodorant. And when I'm sleeping, I, you know, like you get that whiff of it. I'm like, uh. so I'm like the polar opposite of like, I'm attracted to a man that smells good and smells like cologne as opposed to a man that smells like he just got out of the sauna and gym and didn't put on old spice. Is that where you're at? Is that a big thing? Because that was like one of the big things down in LA where I I didn't live there but that was like my gay scene. Huge, huge in LA. I
1: Okay, first I do want to say there's a difference between Musk and B.O. Mm -hmm. For me. Because the word Musk doesn't creep me out or gross me out. I I think that BO is more like an oniony smell. Like, it's like, it burns your nostrils mm-hmm. kind of smell. Um, and musk is, like, more of a sweat smell, if that makes sense. Yes. I really wish that I had words to describe the smells that I've smelled in the past. Because, like, I will say there is a type of musk that I enjoy that, like, when I smell it, it does flutter my heart a little bit. And mm-hmm. it makes me, like... Like, ooh, a little tingle. But then when people say, like, they're... And yes, this is a fetish thing. Like, in in the gay community, Musk is a fetish thing. But I think that that is a very watered-down thing because I don't think a lot of them understand the difference between Musk and B.O. Mm -hmm. And I really, 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 really enjoy the scent of a man. Like, it's like a... Like, that sweaty musky smell is very sexy if it is right. Mm -hmm. And usually it's right by they wore deodorant in the morning, they went to work, they were probably, like, working really hard out in the sun, Mm -hmm. farming them fields, riding them horses, riding them cows. And then they get home and they smell like musk. Whereas, like, B.O. is like, you intentionally did not put on deodorant, you probably didn't wash your fucking cooch, like, you stink like ass. You don't smell good. That is gross. I feel sorry for interrupting but I
0: feel like a lot of people probably use interchange the term bo for must because like they don't want to say that they're attracted to the smell of bo
1: oh 100 i can see that and that's the thing is like don't don't shame your own kink if you're into it just say it like be proud of it and that's that's how we normalize things is by saying them out loud and I'm not going to kink shame you for being into bo it's just not my thing and there's like there's times where like I've even smelled myself. I'm like, fuck, dude, I, I literally smell like I just ate a whole onion, and yeah. I don't eat onions. They're disgusting. <laughs> but then there's also times that I've like smelled myself, and I'm like, there's that musk, that musk smell that I'm I could be attracted to. Yeah. I don't know what makes the two different.
0: We need a scientist. There has to be some like pheromone scientist that has like done a study on this.
1: Um. I think it is a pheromone thing for sure. Yeah. Cause there and that goes with colognes too. Like colognes smell so good on certain people. Yes. There's one cologne that I like when I smell it, I instantly wanna domesticate myself to this man. Mm-hmm. And I've only smelled it on one one man in my whole life, and this was like 15 years ago. Um, but it's also a cologne that I've bought for myself that I really enjoy on myself. Um it's called Fahrenheit. It's by Dior. It is my favorite cologne in the world. I know exactly what you're
0: talking about. Yes.
1: Yeah. It smells so good And there's, I think that there is some kind of pheromone in there Mm -hmm. that that is supposed to attract females. And I don't know if it's like Mm -hmm. gay brain that makes me attracted to it. Mm -hmm. But it smells so good. But the problem is that my boyfriend hates the smell of it. And so like tragic. Does it stop me from wearing it? Yeah. First of all. I hate him. Just kidding. I don't. Does it stop me from wearing it? No, I still buy it and wear it because I like it and I have to smell it all day. Um, But there are certain colognes that mix with your pheromones that smell so good. And usually when people smell really good, it's like a good chemical balance between their cologne and their, their like natural body oils or whatever.
0: Mm I am still going through and I feel like, I've been going through this for like the last couple years. I used to have a cologne. It was by Victoria's Secret and it was called Sexy Men. Um, very original name, uh, but they discontinued it and I <laughs> used my last bottle. And so I'm going through like finding my new cologne um, and no one ever talks about this. And I'm, I'm assuming it's probably the same perfume, uh, but like in buying a cologne is an investment. Like it's like 150 to $200 bottle of just making sure that you smell good. So I always have two different colognes. I always have the one that I wear every single day. And then the one that I go out and the one that I go out is like the more expensive one. Um, But I also want to bring this up to you because it has to do with smells and I have a little bit of a confession. One thing that, and I'm probably the only person that thinks this is I love, love the smell Of cigarette smoke, cigar smoke, campfire smoke on a man's clothes. That, to me, is the one thing. It drives me wild. And each individual scent, each individual smoke, it drives me wild in a completely different way. Like, the cigar gives me, like, this is future husband type situation. The campfire smoke is i have eight million different fantasies that i believe this man can fulfill and the cigarette smoke is my night's gonna be fucking great and i this is gonna sound so weird but when they go out for a smoke and then they come in and you give them a kiss i love it and i am not a smoker i am the world's worst smoker vapes cigarettes Mary Jane, I can't fucking smoke. I can't step into a sauna because I equivalent that to smoking and I can't breathe. So maybe that's why, because I can't do it, I'm attracted to it, but I have not found one person that is attracted to the smell of cigarette smoke. And like,
1: maybe it's just me. I'm really glad you brought this up because I used to smoke pack cigarettes a day for like 12 years, like very heavy smoker. Um, I enjoyed it. I like that's like my one vice people that know me know that I don't drink Um, I don't smoke weed I don't do drugs like the worst thing I've ever done was smoke weed and I used to smoke a lot of it back in my day Um, but then one day I just quit and it was the same with drinking like one day I just quit drinking and I think that's just the way my brain and body work is like I wake up one day and decide I don't want to do something anymore Um, but smoking cigarettes was always my one vice and when I quit smoking cigarettes I still really enjoyed the smell of it in outdoor public places so if I like walk outside and somebody's smoking a cigarette I really enjoy that smell um but I also really enjoy it on men's clothes as well and my boyfriend used to smoke cigarettes also and like when I would kiss him after he smoked I also really enjoyed that so I also have never met anybody and I have recently started telling like saying out loud that I enjoy the smell of cigarette smoke in public space like outside spaces Mm -hmm. when I smell it because I feel like why can't I enjoy that yeah Um, agreed but I do also want to bring up that there is a difference between it like smelling good on your clothes and it smelling like stale and gross on your clothes yes so like if you smoke in your house I instantly don't enjoy the smell of your clothes agreed if you go outside for smoke all the time, then there's a good, there's a good chance that that smell is the one that I'm attracted to, or Mm it does smell good on your clothes. Yeah. Um, cigar smoke. I don't think I've been around enough people that smoke cigars to really like relate on that one or like give an opinion, but campfire smoke, Mm. I want to fucking jump off a bridge because I hate the smell so much. What I hate it. I hate this. I hate it. I hate the smell of campfire in general. And there's nothing – this is why I don't go camping because there's nothing worse than going camping and driving the car on the way home and everything and everyone smells like a campfire. It makes me want to fucking murder kittens. I hate it. Oh, see, I'm the opposite. I'm in
0: like a predicament because I don't want to go camping because it's outdoors. My allergies will act up. Chances are someone will ask me to go on a fucking hike, and I'm just not down for
1: that. But I just love the smell of campfire. You know, you need to go camping with, you need to, instead of going camping with, like, people who like to camp, you need to go camping with people who like to off-road. And here's why. Because people who enjoy off-roading, when they go camping, they will never ask you to go on a hike. Most of the time, they have campers, or, like, they glamp. Yep. And when they go out and about, they are in a vehicle going to the top of the summit, and that is my favorite way to go see the most beautiful mountain views: is in a car.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't want to hike. Can I? I don't want to do it. Can I go with them and just not go on that car ride? Why? Because that just doesn't sound exciting to me. Like I don't want to drive, and like dr- I don't want to drive over a boulder.
1: It's so much fun. This is where this is where you and I are so vastly different. Is yes, I feel like I feel like you and I are so similar. But do you like?
0: Uh, are you like an adrenaline junkie in a way? Not like an adrenaline junkie, but like, do you? Because like when I'm thinking like off roading, I feel like there is a sense of adrenaline there.
1: Oh, there definitely is because you could literally just die. Uh, I my adrenaline is very situational. Okay. Like I really enjoy off-roading. I really enjoy riding my motorcycle. Okay. I really have an urge to go skydiving. <gasps> I will never bungee jump. Um, <laughs> I really love heights. Like I don't mind heights, but then there's certain times and situations where I get really like shaky and weak when I'm somewhere high. So it's really weird. Like I don't, I don't really know what my adrenaline is, but I do really enjoy a good adrenaline rush in the right situation.
0: Okay, yeah. So I am, this is where you turned right and I turned left. I am never, ever going to put myself in a situation where my anxiety skyrockets or I feel uncomfortable. And I get it. And I know that there are probably people out there that are saying like, you're the kind of person that needs to put, put yourself in those situations. No, the fuck I don't. I'm living comfortably of how I am. I don't need to go view. And here's also my thing with hikes is the technology nowadays is so fucking great that I could Google a picture of what it looks like at the top of that peak and then grab a (laughs) fucking winter air freshener and put it up against my nose. And I'm getting the same exact sensation. I'm I'm there, I'm experiencing, I'll throw some water on my face because it's probably like humid or like humidity or some shit like that. But there's not one ounce in my body that wants to put my, wants to throw myself off of a plane because chances are, no, I'm not even, I'm not even going to entertain that idea. I'm not putting myself in danger. I'm an asset.
1: I, first of all, you will never be able to go skydiving.
0: Because we outweighed it, I know. Anyways. Yeah.
1: Because we outweighed it. Um, Can we
0: just talk about how uh, the fact is... That if we were ever to be put in a situation where we needed to jump off and, like, have a parachute, like, save us, that's not fucking happening.
1: Oh, we're splattering on the side of a mountain. Yeah. We're dead. Donezo. Yeah. Peace. I think that the biggest difference... So. <laughs> I think that you and I are so different because I'm trying. I've been trying to like while you were ranting about your how big of a pussy you are. I was trying to figure out the night. <laughs> we're gonna make a correction
0: on the term pussy.
1: You're a little bitch.
0: We're gonna call it ball socks because if anybody knows, the vagina births humans. And the ball sack, you just give it a little Sometimes. flick, and all of a sudden, that man is like <laughs> on the fucking ground. <laughs> so, if you want to insult somebody, call him a ball sack because a ball sack is weak.
1: Okay, so fine. I'll, uh, While you're ranting about being a ball sack, what a big ball sack you are. <laughs> what a shaved little ball sack you are.
0: Ew, I, now is, I'm offended. Now I'm fucking offended. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm fucking offended. Not only am I a ball sack, but I'm a well-groomed ball
1: sack. Not even well-groomed. You're just like bald, shaved. Ew. There's probably razor burn. Ew, no. You're <laughs> <Weird. laughs> no. the, You're the, the ballsack that they use the dull razor on. <laughs> 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 or they were trying to use like regular clippers and fucking like caught the skin of their butt no. in it and it nicked it. <laughs> <Ew>. and,
0: then, <laughs> and then you have to awkwardly bring it up every day, every single sexual encounter because you don't want them to think that you have an STI. Yeah, you're like it's not it's not anything. It's, I just got too crazy in the shower. I used my buddy's razor. I'm not used to it.
1: You <laughs> dry shaving your ballsack, <laughs> <thank> you. oh. <laughs> getting the dandruff off at the same time as the hair.
0: Listen, this whole conversation is—I can guarantee the <laughs> mensicals out there will fully, because every man growing up has experienced grooming down there and has horror stories, and so. All you mensicals out there! Oh, one hundred percent. We get it. We get it. We're a little bit more advanced because we're gay, but
1: we we understand. We are. We get it. One time I zipped up my balls in the zipper, and it was the most pain I've ever felt in my entire (laughs) life. I was like fourteen. I ran to the bathroom, and then I had to hurry, so I was like rushing to zip. Absolutely, worst pain I've ever felt. Like, I would much rather nick my balls while shaking them than ever zipping them up again. (laughs) I will take scissors to my ball sack before zipping them up again. Oh my god. And then the worst part is you have
0: to zip them down too. Oh no. Yeah, you had to get it out.
1: You had to to untangle your skin from the the zipper. It was either that or rip it off, one of the two. No, absolutely (laughs) not. You like go to the chaos. nurse. You go to the nurse at school, and you're like, "Please
0: help me! Please help me!" And they're like, "It's gonna be
1: call a fucking doctor." <laughs> Is this how I came up with the term "dicks out feral"? <laughs> no, Running but down the, ha- the hallway in school with your dick out trying to unzip your ballsack. <laughs> no, <laughs> but "dicks out
0: feral" has many different terminologies, many different meanings. I did was not aware that it would also encompass zipping up your ballsack.
1: Yeah, that I was dicks out barrel, for sure. <laughs> <sighs> you know what time it is? Are you ready for the cowboy conspiracy? Yes. <laughs> How do you feel about Beyonce?
0: I think she's very, very talented. I think... She's incredible. I think that she single-handedly invented a whole genre of music with Renaissance. So I love her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love her. I don't think I'd ever well, go to one of her concerts just because I don't think it's like necessarily I'd love her that much. But yes.
1: I also love Beyonce. And here's the thing is um, she's become like a oh, she's like inserted herself into the gay community somehow because like all of her previous albums prior to Renaissance weren't really like gay anthems, but they made us feel like bad bitches. Yeah. And then she like, then she released Renaissance and it was like gay club music. And I was like, it took me back to queer as folk days. Mm-hmm. Have, are you? Yeah. You're old enough to know queer focus. Yes. Um, recently she's been, Having Blue Ivy on stage with her a lot. Mm-hmm. Which is cute. Mm-hmm. But Blue Ivy's the devil. Is
0: that the conspiracy?
1: Yeah, it's part of it. So Beyonce and Jay-Z are well known leaders of the Illuminati, uh-huh. if you believe. Mm-hmm. And it is said that Blue Ivy was born to take Beyonce's place when she dies, as the leader of the Illuminati. And the reason this is said is because Blue Ivy, if you rearrange the the letters a little bit, it says some fucking like Latin word for Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Okay. In one of her videos of her being on stage with her mom, she turns around to her mom and throws up the ham triangle, the Illuminati symbol. And her mom just, like, smiles and looks so proud of her for doing that. Crazy, right? Uh And so this is why... So they're saying that Beyonce has introduced Blue Ivy since she was a baby so much and put her in the public eye so much to get them used to seeing her so that when she takes over the reigning Illuminati queen or leader, whatever they call her, it's just like normal.
0: it's a natural transition and I
1: was thinking, yeah, and I was thinking about it and it makes so much sense that Beyonce would be the leader of the Illuminati because she, we hold her on such a high pedestal mm-hmm. that if she told us all to like meet her at the Denver International Airport in the basement on the train, we would we would all go down there mm-hmm. no return. Oh yeah. Do I believe
0: in the Illuminati? Maybe not necessarily the Illuminati, but I do believe that maybe there's an organization of very well well placed powerful individuals in every different aspect of our life that have that are playing into something bigger. Mm-hmm. You
1: know? But when Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know if I believe the the blue the blue ivy thing.
1: I don't know. I can see it. Well, and diving into this a little bit more, I found out that it is said that the Super Bowl is just an Illuminati ritual.
0: I watched this TikTok, yeah, and that every single Super yeah. Bowl performance has had a, like a ritualistic aspect to it. Like some are a little bit more yeah. hidden, but then some mm-hmm. clearly have that like goat face whatever it may be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The devil's face. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that in every single if you look up Super Bowl performances, at some point the Illuminati symbol is thrown up at some point throughout the halftime show. Yeah. Which is crazy. And then Beyoncé's ex-drummer when she had a female drummer she might still have one, but her ex female drummer came out and said that Beyonce is a witch and practices witchcraft and that she put her under a dark spell and would Beyonce would enter other people's bodies to have sex with other people. What the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That's it. That's it. That was, you know We didn't even talk no. about it. This was episode six.
1: Episode 6, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, if you made it this
0: far, all you hats, Heathers and
1: Mensicles, Mensicles, we love you. Congratulations, <laughs> we love you. And thanks for being gay with us. <laughs> yeah, we stand you. Sometimes.